What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs. This is your hobby content alternative. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. It is Friday as this drops, and you know what that means. I got my man, Pack Nicholson, on the damn program today to talk about nostalgia, his love of collecting, his Chicago Bears, the Monsters of the Midway. A lot of fun in this one. I cannot wait to share it with you. If you like what I'm doing over here, follow, subscribe, smash all the freaking buttons, but most importantly, tell a damn friend that you're enjoying the Stacking Slabs podcast, would you? Without further ado, let's go. Let's kick into the conversation. What is up? Welcome back to the show. Excited about this one. I know you all don't care, but this episode is being recorded via Zoom, but both participants are in the great state of Indiana, so we got to just Show some uh, Hoosier love on that. I am joined by John. You might know him on the IG. One of the best names, I think, potentially in the hobby. Um, I'm going to put it up there. Pack Nicholson. Um, We're going to be talking about just him coming back into the hobby. Talk about just content, what he does professionally, what he collects, why he collects it. A lot of nostalgia stuff, team collecting. We're going to go in a lot of different areas, but without further ado, John, welcome. I know you don't live in Indiana, but maybe you can share with the audience why you're you're in the great state. Well, first off, Brett, thank you for having me. It is an honor. I love the Sacking Slabs podcast. Yeah, I'm in Indiana. I was I grew up here. I uh, went to Ball State University, and that's why I collect Bonzi Wells. If we ever want to get into that, um, and then yeah, I moved to to Chicago after school and then New York after that, all, all for work, working in media and content. And, but yeah, still have a lot of roots here in Indiana. So came back for a little wedding celebration and yeah, tried to make it to the Midwest the monster, but did not, but it's always good to be home. Yes. Um, well, congratulations on the, uh, recent marriage and may- maybe uh, this is going to, I feel like this might be like Mr. Toad's wild ride. We're going to go in a lot of different directions. You threw out Bonzi Wells, and I feel like I can't just blow past that. Um, I think you you said the name Bonzi Wells, and I would imagine everybody listening to the show um, who grew up probably in the same era and time as us, like just got hit with some nostalgia. Um, probably a majority of the people think about him from an NBA perspective. I immediately think of, you know, Ball State Cardinals, what he did there, how he was their best player ever. And so you've taken that, you're a graduate from Ball State. And all of a sudden you you get back into the hobby and now you've you found a connection, right? I'm going to collect Bonzi Wells. Talk a little bit about just like the process that you went through, like when you were selecting Bonzi Wells as someone you wanted to collect. And so much of the hobby for so long has been like, let's go buy these young, unproven guys and let's try to make some money off of it. But you're buying a player that no one has really thought about outside of a, probably some people who live in uh, NBA nostalgia uh, share just the Bonzi Wells collecting of it all. Yeah. So when, so I, I grew up collected, um, loved cards, loved memorabilia, all that went away from the hobby, came back, you know, typical story came back very much at the peak of things like March or February, 2021 and researched a lot, thought about what do I want to get into? What lanes do I want to occupy? And of course I went with, the new modern stuff, the hype. I wanted, I wanted to be a part of it. It was hard to ignore it. Like that's all going on. All the numbers are going up. So I'm 
buying some modern players, Lucas, Tatum's jaw, all that Chicago bears. I'm a diehard Chicago bears fan. Um, just started. I was like, I just want to accumulate cool bears cards of players. I like, so I started that lane. And then I have a lot of friends who went to Ohio state and they're always talking about Buckeyes in the NFL and Buckeyes here, there. And I'm like, who does ball state have? And it's Bonzi. I mean, Bonzi was the best athlete to ever go to ball state. And He's in all those great 90s sets in early 2000s. So when I got back in, those were kind of the three things. I'm like, all right, these are the three lanes I'm going in. And first, it was kind of heavy, I feel like, in the modern stuff. But slowly, I've shifted into like, I just want the best cards of the players that and the teams that I most enjoy. So that's kind of the story there. With So with Bonzi, well, have you interacted or come across anybody else in the hobby that's piecing Bonzi. I don't know about like specifically Bonzi, but Nat Turner posted the other day that credentials Bonzi number two out of three PSA 10. <laughs> and I'm like, I need that. He posted, he posted another Bonzi recently. So I don't know if there's anyone specifically Bonzi, but I'm sure there's a lot of set collectors, you know, from the nineties and that era who, who have a lot of their cards. So yeah, if anyone listening wants so- to get free some up, Send them my way. We got a Bonzi collector over here. So when you're, I would say like, I would have to like dig in and look at the numbers, but I feel like Bonzi had a pretty solid NBA. I mean, not like all-star caliber, but I would say like pretty memorable, like solid contributor. Um, I would think about just his, the cards and sets and products that were here in. And there's probably everything that's fun and exciting and good. And, um, you know, stuff that some of the, you know, top NBA players that people are still collecting are in, like, how are you, how do you navigate that? Like, how do you find what specific Bonzi cards that you're looking for? Or you want, like, how do you build that kind of discography of Bonzi Wells cards and approach it? Well, it started with the shiny stuff. I was like, all right, let's get, he's in all these tops Chrome sets. Let's get a tops Chrome run of Bonzi going. So check that off the list. And then let's do the black refractor run. Check that off the list. Go Cause they're on eBay, you know, four bucks, three bucks. And to me, that's free. If you can get like a card that is with shipping and taxes under 10, I mean, it's free. And which is a, a bad path to a bad, <laughs> maybe, uh, you know, thing to think about it that way, because then all of a sudden 10 free cards show up and I just spent $150 on Bonzi Wells cards. So just kind of, you know, the shiny stuff, the fun sets. And then I start learning about rubies and I know he's got a couple of those early rubies out there that I'm, I'm trying to track down. And then there's showcase. And, and then I even like the like press pass and Sage stuff where he's in a ball state Jersey. Cause if they're in a ball state uniform, I think that's cool. So yeah, kind of a little bit of everything, but I would say it started with the shiny stuff and just the big tops chrome trying to trying to knock out check those off the list um and then now i'm just looking for anything uh this is a i know kyle from the wax museum podcast does collector classified this is going to be a whole episode of collector classified if you got bonzi wells out there and you got some nice stuff you know where to go <laughs> you can slide into the dms at pack nicholson let's let's talk about i'm sure spend a lot of time on bear stuff but you kind of gave a a flyby of you coming back into the hobby and you just, you know, kind of probably same story as most of us and you're entering and stuff is at its peak. When you were, you know, you went with 
kind of like I'm I know how to, I do memes like professionally, like I do this kind of stuff. Like I'm going to enter, use some professional skill sets to like start this card account, get integrated into the community. Maybe talk about like those those early days of like opening up the IG account, being someone no one knows and just trying to create content and maybe some of the things that you've learned. Yeah, it, it was definitely an intimidating thing at first because I will say I probably spent several months just strictly as an observer of the hobby and trying to learn as much as I could and follow it. And at a certain point, my regular personal Instagram feed, I was like, this is getting, I just need a card account. I need a separate, I just need a brand in this world. Like I've always worked in uh, brand development and content creation. And I saw it as this world that I loved with all these content creators out there. And I'm like, I can contribute to this in some way, maybe not my at full capacity right now, but I could at least create an account where I'm sharing some cards and also just sharing some memes and fleeting thoughts in small shareable pieces of content. But those early days, I mean, it was like posting something, hashtagging, tagging 30 accounts, trying to get people to notice me. Like I was tagging Lameem James in every single post, every single post, like, come on, just repost me. And it was a slow grind. And I mean, I'm, I, it's not a huge account now by any means. It's like 1600 followers, but I mean, it's all, that's all organic, but uh, yeah, it was just slowly grinding and slowly people started to notice. And like a little meme James, for example, ended up following me and DMing and talking about like, I love your stuff. Like I'm going to share a bunch and a lot of different people did things like that. So slowly it just, you know, started building and then, then I started going to a lot of the shows in New York. Um, Laz NYC puts on different shows and then Bleaker Trading hosts trade nights. So I started just going to those things and meeting people in person. And they'd ask if you have an Instagram and I'd say Pack Nicholson and people would, oh, you know, I, yeah, it just, it let, it was nice then to put a face to the accounts and meet other people. So, I mean, it's been two years and it's still not huge, but it's, it's all been just, you know, you know, hitting the pavement and being out there, seeing people and then just making stuff that hopefully people like and want to share. So uh, I know you're an avid consumer of content and the hobby, like everybody listening to this show right now, myself included, content is something that you do during the day professionally. Um, How would you like, I don't know, like I, just as a creator in the hobby, like I have struggled for a while identifying and finding, and I, I don't want to dismiss it, anybody because there's plenty of people i just called out kyle from wax museum and several others but i struggled for for so long and i think i still struggle today to to identify with and find content that is for and by the collector that's about bullshitting about bonzi wells or that's about you know talking about chasing some card that only the one collector cares about and so like my view of the you know, content in the hobby right now is that like, we, we need more collector driven content because there's like, if I'm going on a walk, when I have a lunch break, or if I'm going on a run in the morning, like I just don't have enough like collector driven hobby uh, content in the hobby right now. And so that's my take on the situation, but I'd love to get your kind of evaluation of just like the current state of hobby content. Like, what do you see going on? And like, what are some things that you'd like to see more of? Yeah, I I think we're starting to get there with more of the collector driven stuff. It's definitely 
I think harder because it's it's not the sexy product. It's not the thing that's going to go viral or, you know, whatever, like the, oh my God, a $10,000 spending challenge. Like see so much of that. And it, yeah, it's, that is clickable. That is what, you know, can really hit the algorithms more than me making a meme about buying Isaac Bruce cards, you know, or whatever, whatever it is that week. Um, so I, I would love to see more of the collector content. I mean, that was a, honestly a turning point for me in when early on I was buying a lot of the modern stuff and chasing that wave, but I just wasn't feeling that connected to it. And I stumbled upon cardboard chronicles and like found out about Josh. And then I, you and him did that one interview where I was like, this is exactly what I want to hear. And if they want to hear it, I know more people want to hear it. Like they're overall in the hobby. I just feel like there's still such a volume of people who look at cards as strictly financial assets or they look at a card and see what they paid for it and what they want it to become or what it's become now and it's lower and then that makes them not like the card and i'm trying to like focus on collecting cards that when i look at them i just like my brain releases the good chemicals and i'm hit with all the good stuff and i want to talk about that and so what do we have to do we have to just create more podcasts and content and you know all that good stuff so I'm hoping that conversations like this spark more people who share the same passion that they want to get out there and start making content. But it's it's going to take a minute. I think it's still will always kind of be behind the main, you know, investor side of things or the flipping side of things, but it's definitely something that I think the more time you spend in the hobby, like you're going to want to start to cultivate that PC or cultivate the things that have you know, the nostalgia factor, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I think they'll look around and they'll start to find Stacking Slabs podcast or whatever else they can. I hope I'm not uh, oversharing too much, but when we chatted uh, a little bit ago, uh, something that stuck with me about you that I found interesting that I think um, probably other people can relate with, um, but this kind of backs up the statement that you just made is the fact that, you know, we were talking about grading cards, I think, and we were talking about how prices were lowered and you were talking about how you had all these cards that you were eventually like probably going to get to grading. But like right now wasn't a great time because like you were, it was football season and you wanted the cards with you when football season was <laughs> happening. So I was like, that's so like nerdy, but in a way, like I could totally relate with what he's feeling right now. Uh, and cause you mentioned nostalgia, you mentioned connection. So maybe like talk a little bit about that. Just like, while so many people view these things as just like vehicles for, um, you know, money, many of us have these things because we're curating these collections that even if it's just us and we walk up to our case and just look at them, it like makes us proud in a way. <laughs> and then you throw live sports on top of it and it's like, it's, it's what we live for. So maybe just you shared that statement in Alaska previous conversation we had, but maybe just like share a little bit about that perspective and just like cards and um, cards and, you know, your team and the connection. Yeah. I think for whatever reason, the way I think about it with like the bears, I want to have an oral history of the Chicago bears in my case. Like that's kind of become the goal where if someone like, I guess I'm always thinking of it like, based on hypothetical conversations that could happen. Like if I met and encountered another Bears fan, they're like, oh, you collect Bears cards. Do you have so-and-so? And I want to be able to say yes, and I have their best card or yes, and I have whatever. And so that happened early where at first, 
I thought, you know what? The Bears quarterback history is so bad. Like there's no one worth collecting. Like literally Jay Cutler is the best quarterback ever statistically. Rex Grossman was the most successful I've ever watched. Took us to a Super Bowl, like of the kind of modern past the 80s, 80s teams. But I was like, why? Why run from this past of Kyle Orton and Chad Hutchinson and Cordell Stewart? Why not get all these guys? Let's get them all together in a box so I can spread it all out and say, I've watched each and every one of these dudes come in and disappoint me. But for some reason, I still like them and they're still here. So started just picking up all the stuff, all the bare shiny stuff I could. And then I've dabbled in vintage a little bit. Like I got a 1948 Bowman George Hallis mini card or Sid Luckman the maybe the best quarterback in bears history um just to have all those things that come sunday i can maybe thumb through my box in the morning see all the greats of bears past think about wow remember when we were going eight and eight instead of this team and then you're nostalgic for a team that goes eight and eight or ten and six and you start to feel real bad about yourself kind of rambling but yeah that's just kind of how i've gotten into it is i just want to have the all of the bears, the history of it all just in my box. So I want to get back to the the history of it all and the quarterbacks and all of that. But before I do, I want to touch on uh, the current version of the Chicago bears. And I know coming off of a, you're dealing with what Colts fans dealt with a little bit. You're coming off a tough loss, but then you got the Thursday night game to quickly recover and hopefully get a dub. I think many would say it was probably uh, just one of Justin Fields' better games. I think uh, he's, uh, we all know he's got an mm-hmm. immense talent. I think it's been a uh, maybe like foot finding his footing, confidence thing. Um, but I think the Bears, I think I would say they've probably at this point over exceeded people's expectations, mine at least. So maybe talk a little bit about the current version of the Bears, what you like, what you don't like. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, Fields, yes, that was Fields' best showing of the year, which gives me that that hit of hope that which <laughs> hadn't really had all year. I think like this is just the typical Bears roller coaster where at the end, of, like Justin Fields' rookie season is kind of a wash. You could chalk it up to Mad Nagy and all these other factors. Like as a fan, I could convince myself it was okay that his numbers were pretty atrocious, and even though like he looked bad at times, like oh, it was offensive lines fault or the coaching or the play calling whatever you have so when this season starts and he can't complete double digit passes for multiple weeks you chalk it up to weather then then you have to really just come to terms with reality that oh no here we go again do we have another quarterback that stinks which i think might be the case i try not to get my hopes up too much but then then i watch the vikings game i'm like all right you know he's showing flashes he he could do this. He could do this. So now, even though it was a loss, I think that might have been one of my favorite games of the year so far. It felt like there was some competent offensive performance there, um, even without the running game working. Because then it's like, oh, if we get the running game working and Justin plays like that, there we go. We might have something. So currently I'm cautiously optimistic, but also I know this team is right now going nowhere. I or I don't think they have a shot at the playoffs and I'm not going to get my hopes up, but then I'll think about, you know, Thursday we get this win. We're three and three. We're not that far back. I'll, you know, I'll start, I'll start down that path. <laughs> we all do it. All it takes is three games, a three game win streak. And I'll be like, they can win the NFC. The NFC is not that tough. Green Bay is looking terrible. The Rams are bad. Like the Eagles, the Eagles are fluke. We can beat them. So right now I'm, I'm feeling okay about it, but 
a Thursday win, I could be feeling a lot better. Uh, yeah, it's it, yeah, it's week by week, and I I don't know. We we hold on to any sliver of hope whenever we got it. So how do you manage the? Okay, you've got this young quarterback um, who could be good, could suck, um, but is a part of like this Bears history that you're a fan of and you're a part of. Um, obviously, right now, um, it's not just Chicago Bears collectors who are mm-hmm. after Justin Fields. It's the you know people going in and trying to you know flip Justin Fields to raise up the price. How do you like evaluate current players? your bears PC and the management of all of that. Yeah. Honestly, I don't have a ton of modern stuff. I've, you know, here and there, a couple David Montgomery's and, and I have a few fields cards, but it's just too expensive. It just, or it just doesn't make sense to me to spend that kind of money on some, like, especially when I look back and I'm like, wait, I can at the same time get a Rex Grossman gold X fractor out of 10 for five bucks. And you're telling me I got to spend 300 on Justin Fields. I haven't seen Justin Fields win an NFC championship. Why should I give him 300 bucks? Give me all the sexy Rexies you got. So, (laughs) I mean, yeah, I've got a few things, but for the most part, I'm kind of out of the ultra modern current, current player game. Do you have a 0506 finest of uh, sexy Rexy gold X factor? Yeah, in the mail, sitting at home. I can't wait to get it. <laughs> Which one? Both of them? One of them? Uh, Grossman. I yeah, both the... oh, 05 oh. or 06. Oh, Which 05. Oh, 05 gold X-Fractor. Yeah, sitting in the mail at home. Not 06, yeah, sorry. Yeah, how so, much did you pay for that? Let's see. I think it was I think it was 20. I think he got <laughs> me for 20. <laughs> but but like <laughs> that 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 in and of itself. So I I got the uh, just got the Edger and James that card. Yes. Edger and James, 10, 10 copies, freaking gorgeous. So, but sick. like, how do you? It's it's that simple though. As a collector, it's like you put what you just said. Like, Justin Fields has never done anything for me. Sexy Rexy won me an NFC Championship, took the Bears to the Super Bowl. You know their defense was badass. Yeah, they had Devin Hester, but still, like, that is success if you're a Bears fan. And it's just amazing to me that more people don't. Either they they don't talk about it, they or what, but it just that to me is opportunity to connect with your past is like, sure, 20 bucks for a badass card of a player who's not a Hall of Famer, but he was there in those moments. I feel like there's so much fun in collecting that way. Um, I don't know. That's just just seems like there's so much opportunity that I wish more people were thinking about or talking about. Yeah. And then it you're able to start finding other ways to collect like 05 finest has just become a set I've become obsessed with. I, I love the early two thousands is kind of this like pocket that I've more and more just becoming obsessed with. Cause it hits that nostalgia vein. And I feel like it's all, I was really thinking about it. I think it's all based around Madden 2003. I just had a good time in my life playing Madden 2003, played a lot of that. And it's like, what were the best teams in 2003? Who were the best players? Like that era to me has become, my obsession. So I've been buying the Sean Alexander and Priest Holmes and Marshall Falk, Isaac Bruce, Ed Reed. I'm like, I just want them all. I want all those. So I, I for whatever reason that going through my box feels like I'm scrolling through the pick a team screen on Madden. I don't know. Like, but all that to say like, Oh, five finest Rex Grossman kind of got me in there. So now I, I see the set and I see that aesthetic and i'm like i want that same card but for all these different players so it's weird how 
collecting one thing takes you into another lane, which then shows you five other paths to go from. I like, I like going deeper into these, these paths and these wormholes um, of the past versus trying to keep up with everything that's coming out like in a modern sense. So Rex Grossman is your Trojan horse into minds <laughs> players that oh oh three Madden agreed like that was that was like high school nostalgia like tireless nights playing that game until my eyes bled in that era I don't know maybe it's like you just hit like this twenty year mark and it's like mm-hmm. that's when the stuff becomes real like you say Priest Holmes right now and I know and I think about Arian Foster too these guys mm-hmm. that were just like they had just these incredible like three four-year runs and then they just fell off the table but those runs that they had were incredible so like when you go look at their cards they're you know you can get these cards badass of these years of players sets and years that you collect and you just see it sitting out there for like you know 20 30 bucks it's really i've been in that situation it's really hard to say no yeah um, priest holmes has 66 touchdowns in 38 games like <laughs> what is that run like i just i love like pro football reference or the uh, you know, all the stat sites, I can spend hours on that. Same with basketball and just like, look at a season game log. And I'm just, I'll go through game by game being like, God, that was sick. They were running the ball 35 times. Like we'll never, we're never going to see that again. So yeah, there's, there's this whole uh, like fantasy world. Like we kind of talked about that, like fantasy stars collecting them. And then another weird way I've been thinking about it is like, if I'm the GM and I have to like build a roster, I kind of want so, like, who's the best cornerback? Like, all right, champ Bailey might be the best cornerback ever. 12 time pro bowler. Pretty sick. I need a champ Bailey card. <laughs> I need a lockdown corner on my team. Like if I get into a situation where I need to pull out, you know, a cornerback to shut down a receiver, I got a champ Bailey right here. So I can get hype on, get myself hyped up for the weirdest reasons on different players. And then all of a sudden, I'm sitting there hitting by it now on five champ Bailey cards. And <laughs> after I said, I wasn't buying cards for two weeks, but I rationalize it because it's so cheap. And yeah, it's just, a, it's just a spiral, constant spiral. I, I can relate with just in the cold scenario, just like one thing. And if you're a collector out there, especially a team collector, or you're starting to splinter off into becoming a more team collector, like whatever you do, don't type, in google like said year depth chart or said year uh <laughs> your team draft because it's just gonna hit you with this wave then you're gonna set set like endless safe searches and then all of a sudden you know you're buying these cards actually like i go do that because we need more people doing it and sharing it but it's like i don't know it's like these weird things we do just to like if we're feeling stagnant just to ignite just our collections and i think that's what's so much fun and it's just like to me it i chalk it up all with like getting hit with a wave of nostalgia. And if that's coming at us as collectors, then we probably shouldn't say no, we should just keep going. Yeah. And I, what I was thinking about before the show was like, the big thing for me is like the intent behind a purchase. Like when you buy something, like what is your true intent? And Mm -hmm. I feel like early on I was making purchases thinking this card will be worth more later. So my intent was to make money like that straight up why I was buying some cards. and then. It's like, I spend a lot on a Luca card and it goes down. And then when you look at the card, all I'm seeing, like, because the first way I looked at the card is its value and it's gone down. And so that makes me sad. And I'm like, I don't want to look at a card that makes me sad. So I think like, I realized I want 
the value of the card to be the secondary thought whenever I look at a card or see a card. And so it's been just switching and not even the second thought, but just, yeah, it's, it's connected. No one wants to buy stuff that goes down in value. But when I was buying cards solely for the fact that hoping that they go up in value, I was not enjoying it at near and spending more money and stuff, not enjoying it nearly as much as buying a $5 Rex Grossman card. And totally relate with that. I want to, I'm curious, just based on your bears collecting, what are some of the most proudest, what are some of the proudest like runs or things that you've either completed or that you're currently working on that uh, when you just think about your collection and you think about the the bears wing out of it all, or the things that come top of mind for you? Um, I don't have a lot of like full on runs yet. But I do have, I think, all the 2013 Topps Chrome gold refractors. Like, I think there are seven bears in that set. I think I have six of the seven. But the other day, actually, when I was flying to Indiana, I knew there was a Kyle Long rookie gold refractor, 2003 Topps Chrome, sitting on eBay, and he wanted like 20 bucks for it. And I'm like, I'm, it's, not, it's not 20 bucks if I can get so-and-so for 10. Come on, dude, work with me a little bit. <laughs> but then literally while I was flying uh, to Indiana, I was listening to pardon my take and Kyle Long was the guest on there and I was like I'm loving this interview I love Kyle Long I was like this plane needs to land so I can bend that Kyle Long card so fast and literally landed that's the first thing I did like phone finally got service just bought that card instantly and so yeah 2013 uh gold run is a that's a a nice set that I'd have right now and that's like the last team that not the last team 2018 was fun but that 13 team with Cutler, Marshall, Alshon Jeffrey, Martellus Bennett, Forte, like it was a squad. So that's probably one of the highlights. I would just, in terms of like, I don't know, avoiding expense, tapping into nostalgia. Um, I would imagine like you're able to pick off some of these players for next to nothing. Like you've mentioned, what are some of like the most uh, maybe obscure players that you've picked up that maybe people have forgotten about, but, had significant moments in time or one significant season or did something that you, when you, when you look at their card, you're just like, yeah, this, this reminds me of this moment or this season. And so this makes me happy. I think my number one is Sean Alexander. Um, I had him on a fantasy football team in 2001 playing fantasy football very early. I had a friend, Brian, whose dad was like, he was actually a card collector too, like a set collector, did baseball fantasy very early, like before internet. So he was on it. And so 2001, you know, I was playing fantasy football on Yahoo before live scoring and all that. You would have to look at box scores the next day and tally stuff up. And then Yahoo would like update the day after that. But Sean Alexander had a five touchdown first half Monday night football game. I had him on my team and I won. And instantly I'm like, this guy's my favorite player. And I actually, at the time, sent a card to him, you know, in the mail to the team facility and he signed it and sent it back. So I had this autograph Sean Alexander card. I'm like, this dude is awesome. And then from 2001 to 2005, he scores 98 touchdowns, wins an MVP, goes to a Super Bowl, just really like connected with him as a player, um, enjoyed watching him. So lately I've been like, I got his... Bowman 2000 because he's in the Brady Bowman sets he's in all those 2000 sets so that's been another fun thing to do is oh the Brady 2000 Bowman Chrome Refractor is a hundred thousand dollars but I can get the Sean Alexander for 200 bucks like yes that makes so much sense to me so I've been picking up a lot of a lot of his stuff but he's one and then 
Isaac Bruce. I went on a weird Isaac Bruce spree the other day. I was like, he has 15,000 yards. He's like fourth all time, just consistent. I'm, I don't know. I love, I love stats and the history of it. So to me, not an argument when I see someone's like top three all time or top five all time. Uh, and I can get it for like pennies on the dollar to any of this other prospects or anything. One of the accolades on Sean Alexander that you you didn't say, and I just have to say it, also Madden cover. Yep, Madden. yep. <laughs> that was the cur- that ended him though. That was when the Madden curse was alive and well. Oh, I know. After that, he felt him and Priest Holmes both. They I, they had. It's like all they needed was one or two more seasons in that you know same realm to be a Ladanian, and Ladanian's another one. I've been. I feel like he's ahead of the curve in terms of collecting. I think people are wising up on Ladanian Tomlinson just and they should he's I mean he's the best running back I watch uh, or like I mean I remember some Barry Sanders but like tail end but yeah Ladanian was was awesome maybe we I'd love for you just since you've been exploring all of these rabbit holes uh football in different years we talked about 05 finest but maybe like put a spotlight um, on just any other products or sets that you've been seeing or buying that you really enjoy? Yeah, I've really been on a finest kick. That O2, like you put me onto the O2 set. As soon as I found out about that, I was hooked. The hot box X Do you have the Ed Reed of that? No, but one not too long ago, I so it all start, it always starts like in these like small circles where in my Manning chat, like three people had the Manning and you know, you find out it's out of 20 and I'm like, Holy shit. Like this yeah. car rules. It's out of 20. Uh, first expert, all the things. And then it's this like mission. It's like, all right, where is one? And so when, of course, like a month later, when one popped up in eBay, it was like that moment where it was like, I am going to do whatever I can to get this card. And I, it was a BGS nine. I got it. It's one of my favorite cards in my collection. So like you have a card like that, that you absolutely love. You have the safe search and you pay attention. Well, I like, I saw like an Ed, I don't have an Ed Reed, um, mm. but I, one was available on eBay, went up for auction um, not too long ago. And I saw it and I like shared it in my stories. And I was like, I don't know. I wanted like Ravens collectors, like who was ever was a Ravens fan to see it and make sure they knew about it. Because I don't know, like Ed Reed's one of the best defensive players I've ever seen in my life. And it's his rookie card. It's like, I don't know. That's like, it's, it's not Manning's rookie card, but it, that's Ed Reed's rookie card. So I, I can't remember what it ended up going for. It was like, it was not, it wasn't like cheap. It was like, I don't know, mm-hmm. maybe a thousand bucks or something. But I don't know. To me, when I saw that sale, I was like, no one's talking about Ed Reed. <laughs> but like, thank God this card sold for this as opposed to what some of these other things are selling for. That card's going into a collection and whoever just won that thing, I'm sure is thrilled. So that, that was my long-winded way of like saying like, no, I do not own one, but I respect whoever won that. And I respect that product and that uh, parallel for so many different reasons. Okay. Cause I, I remember you mentioning that then on that episode and I was like, wait, he had, he has the Ed Reed. <laughs> like I'm going to have, I, to I wish get it from this guy. Cause I need that card. Um, but another other set this is basketball but i and i've gotten away from this just during football season it's just been too much fun to i'm fully in the football zone but 2001 and 2002 tops chrome the black refractor sets because the 2001 
black refractor was the first numbered refractors that Topps Chrome did, and they're all out of 50. So I've been picking up those that started with a Bonzi. Of course, I got the Bonzi and Kobe's in the background guarding them. It's an awesome card. And, and then realizing like, this is the first numbered Topps Chrome parallel. Like this is what they had before golds. I don't know. I like then the history of the set kind of, um, and then O2's out of 99, but I think the pictures on it are awesome. And they capture that, like, again, my O3 Madden thing that reminds me of like NBA street or 2k three. Um, so it's just like all the good, like T-Mac in the magic Jersey. And that's what I want. I want magic T-Mac. That is the vision that I want when I look at T-Mac cards or Steve Francis rockets pinstripes. I, I always love when the card picture captures like my favorite, like version of that player. That's a big, big thing for me. Yeah. I want to hit on, as I was, we were having this conversation and so many players have flashed by in my mind. I I, oftentimes when I'm talking to guests and I think about like, if I were a bears fan, how would I navigate this and what I would do? And I, we have not mentioned his name and I think it'd be remiss and probably some bears fans out there. are being like, why isn't he asking him about this player? But I'd probably, I, I, I would imagine he's probably a little more expensive because the nostalgia is very strong, but I would probably gravitate towards uh, Devin Hester just because he's the goat at what he did. Maybe like share a little bit, of, get the nostalgia waves going for anyone out there because you can say that name and everyone remembers him. Um, talk a little bit about just Hester as a fan and then um, just like what it's like maybe navigating and looking at his his market and cards. Yeah, I would say he's probably the most expensive of the former Bears players outside of vintage um, him and Erlocker actually Erlocker's I'd say behind Hester because Hester wasn't in, in as many sets just because of, you know, being a later round pick special teams guy. Um, but he's in those finest sets or Oh, six finest is his rookie year. So he's got a finest gold X factor out there. Um, I think I know where a couple are. Um, yeah. He, he's just, he has a premium on him from being such an electric player. I mean, his first two years, I think he had 12 return touchdowns total, including like the, a missed field goal return. I think he had, yeah, like five punts or six punts, five kick returns. And then the Super Bowl kick return. It was unreal. It was every time he returned a kick, you thought he could take it to the house and then he would. (laughs) And you'd be like, how's this still happening? How's he going to do it again? And then, yeah, I mean, the bulk of his returns were those first two years. Then he was a receiver the next two years, they switch him to receiver because Lovey Smith is thinking, I got to get this guy the ball, but Lovey Smith doesn't know how to drop an offense to get the guy the ball. So he just kind of was decoy and then he was tired on kick return. So he had, he had no return touchdowns the next two years. I feel like they kind of robbed a couple from him by trying to make him a wide receiver. But yeah, he was, I mean, one of my all time favorite players to watch. I have a, a decent amount, none of like his super premium stuff, but a bunch of rookies and a bunch of numbered stuff. I can't think of the name Devin Hester without thinking of the late, great Dennis Green and one of the greatest sound clips of all time. They are who we thought they thought were. They, <laughs> um, that may be one of the best games I've ever watched in terms of, I mean, it just was perfect. Because it's it was one, it was the game where, you know, you're watching and your team's down 21-3 and you're like, all right, if we get a stop, and then we score and we go for two and then we get a stop and we score and go for two. And then we get a pick six. Like you make up this scenario. It's like, this has to happen for this outcome to happen. Like do it with sports betting all the time too, where it's like, all right, for this mm. over the hit, 
we need a pick six and then a kickoff return touchdown on the next play. Let's go. But that's what happened. I mean, the Bears, uh, yeah, he had uh, his two fumble returns for touchdowns. They stripped Edger and James. Yeah. Um, Erlocker stripped Edger and then Hester returned. You're like, wait, the Bears are back in this. If Hester returns this touchdown, and he did, and then the Cardinals still had a chance, but they missed the field goal. I don't know. Perfect game. And they were 6-0. and Perfect. A lot of people dialing up their YouTube machines to see the clip clip and the highlights of that and the post game presser. That's for sure. Before I let you go, um, you know, finding your footing, getting back into the hobby is always an evolution and a challenge. And but then you end up in a spot like this where you're, you know, reliving the past and enjoying your collection. What sort of advice do you, do you have for anyone out there who's kind of in the early stages of trying to navigate um, the hobby and making the most of it for themselves. Yeah. I think, you know, ignoring some of the hype and just find those, those moments that you remember, or like if you're a Colts fan and you're collecting, pick up some Colts players, you'll probably start to enjoy looking at those cards more than you do your prospecting or just balancing things. Cause I don't think there's anything wrong with the prospecting side. And I, like, I understand with you know day trading and sports betting and all the apps that we have and all the methods of tracking sales and comps like it is fun and it is exciting and there are ways to make money from it but i don't know i wouldn't make i wouldn't want that to be someone's only hobby experience on it i think you should find something find a lane that you truly enjoy and want to occupy and try and you know put together the best collection you can in that lane because Looking at that will probably bring a lot of joy. You can find him on Instagram at Pack Nicholson. John, appreciate you making some time, talking a little bit about collecting sports cards. Appreciate it. Safe travels back to the Big Apple, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for having me, Brett. Love the passion. Love the nostalgia. Everything that Pack was preaching. Go follow him on Instagram. Get into a conversation about football cards. I promise you, you will want to go buy something. And that's what I love so much about connecting with other collectors. You take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. Enjoy the damn weekend. You've earned it. Take care and we'll talk to you soon.